All right. This is Jamie Keach here with Trevor Hall from Mining Stock Daily. And we're on our, I'm trying to remember what we're on. I think we're on number five or number six uh, of the Resource Insider Quarantine Edition. I've been cranking these things out all day, every day, and it's been an effective way to, uh, to spend the time whilst in quarantine. And we're getting to know some of the really the smartest investors and CEOs and entrepreneurs in the space and getting a good idea of how they're managing this crisis and also what they see coming down the pipe over the next six weeks, six months. You know what? We don't really know, but we're just trying to get a better idea of how some very, very smart people are managing their time, managing their money and the companies they are working for or with. So, uh, today we're talking to Trevor, and Trevor's been a friend of mine for a couple of years now. He runs an excellent mining blog called Mining Stock Daily. If you haven't subscribed for it, if you haven't checked it out, you should definitely do that uh, as soon as you're done listening to this. I would confidently say it is the second best mining blog in the industry. What do you think about that, Trevor? <laughs> well, I, I, I gain inspiration from uh, close friends. How about that, Jamie? I do want to say That's very you, generous. You, you, um, <clears throat> you know, I've been doing this. I've been putting out content every trading day for coming up just under two years now. And, uh, I know how difficult it is obviously, but, uh, I want to just wanted to say you're doing an excellent job. It's been a real, it's been a lot of fun to watch you put out content and, uh, see, these interviews because I think uh, you had talked to um, authenticity and I think uh, I think this is a great time to let authenticity shine in this industry because we need it more now than probably ever so and so yeah. cheers my friend yeah thank you I, uh, I actually ran out of beer today so I'm on to wine so <laughs> I don't know uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get out of the house and get some maybe I can get someone to drop some off at my front door um, there you go there's been a, a disproportionate. There's been a bit a disproportionate amount of day drinking happening here uh, for the last week because <laughs> I don't know what else are you going to do. Um, yeah. Can only talk on podcasts for so many hours a day. Well, it is like uh, you know I have been finding out that it's it's a little bit of a, a better way of journaling that isn't so internal. You know, you can kind of you know, in this type of situation we have never seen anything like this before i mean people want to say well there's similarities to 2008 it's like well sure there's some similarities in 2008 but the acceleration of the town downturn the complete capitulation in the overall markets i mean we haven't seen it happen this fast right no um and i no, think that's what's so scary right now and I think, you know, what happened in uh, 2008, what happened in the 1980s, those are the normal swells and pinches of a market, right? And they're, you know, they're catastrophic, but they're not, they're catastrophic within the normal range. And this, I feel, is more of like a, it's a once in a lifetime event, hopefully. Uh, you know, we haven't seen a pandemic on this scale since Spanish influenza around 100 years ago. I can't think of a time where the world has ground to a halt uh, to this degree since like maybe World War II probably. Well, and after, after 9-11 here in the States, I mean, 
we ground it to a halt. Like I remember that. I mean, it was a good week before things pretended like they were getting back to normal. Right. Yeah. Um, but that but, was just the U S you know, and, and that's the difference, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, I remembered, I remembered that, that time because it was like everybody had this really uneasy feeling walking around. You didn't know what you could or should do. Um, you knew there was going to be some repercussions economically and on the markets, and there certainly was, but it, things bounced back. I mean, and I think it's, you know, we will bounce back out of this. So things are going to be fine. We just, you know, it's, it's a little troubling, you know, that I think what I'm seeing, and maybe I got, I don't know, maybe I've got too big of a heart, but we're talking about economic bailouts already, you know, how are we yeah. going to bail out the airline industry, the, the cruise line? <clears throat> I was talking to Sam Broom with Sprott Capital. The, the podcast, the, the, the post-market commentary with Sam is up now. I just recorded it two hours ago. He said last week he was feeling fluish, like he had legitimate flus, and he's in San Diego and obviously does very well for himself. He couldn't get tested. <laughs> and, you know, there's an issue. Even a well-to-do white guy can't get tested. That's a, well, that's a problem. That's the same here in Vancouver. So – I am technically a very high risk individual right now. So I was traveling abroad. Uh, Christ, it feels like months ago, but it was just last week. I was at PDAC. I won't say who it was, but I was directly in contact with at least one person that's been diagnosed. Um, now, I felt fine and I've self isolated at home and locked myself in my apartment. But in British Columbia here in Canada, they're basically saying, don't come out, don't get tested. There's nowhere you can get tested. Like, don't go to the hospital, don't go to your doctor. Unless you are about to die, unless you can't breathe, then like right. stay at home and suck it up and don't don't leave. And that's that's basically what they're telling us. Well, and that also makes you, you've got to understand that the numbers you are hearing now are probably far below than the the actual numbers, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's How really many scary. people like me are there locked in their apartments right now? Probably a lot. I don't know. See, we in the U.S. we are not. We we still are holding on to a little bit of freedom. I mean, we're yeah. self isolation. We're not being forced into quarantine that that I know of. You know, at, you know, in your own home. So yeah, I mean, we're not being forced, but we're being strongly advised. <laughs> so have you uh, have you gone out and stocked up on ammunition uh, in the last few? <clears throat> no, that's uh, that was well taken care of. Um, I'm not much. <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not much of a gun guy. Uh, I, I do own some, uh, you know, but it's not an arsenal by any means. Um, I was, I felt pretty lucky. I saw a little bit of writing on the wall last week, last Wednesday before this really hit the fan. Um, I went to the liquor store. I went to the grocery store. I went to the meat store, but what I forgot to do was go to the dispensary. I haven't gone there yet. So <laughs> That's yeah. uh, but I think they're That's open. Per- or you can actually you can order it online now and then you go pick it up. It's like if you're getting a sandwich or something. Maybe this will help save marijuana stocks. This will be the rush of capital into the marijuana space that I mean, uh people need. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine if YouTube was its own separate company right now? That like if Google said we're parsing off YouTube and making its own public entity, how much I mean, because YouTube I believe is the only part of Google that actually makes money anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, life has you know, changed. You know what I've been thinking about this last uh, couple of days? Did you ever read the book Atlas Shrugged? 
You know, I never read that. I never did. It, but it's I, like I, the yeah. classic opus by Ayn Rand. It's right. uh, what's the what's the catchphrase? Who is John Galt or where is John Galt? And John Galt's this guy, and he's for lack of a better explanation, the best guy in the world. He's the most useful inventor and industrialist and he's just a genius. And his plan is to halt the world, to let the world grind to a stop so that all the useless people will die off or intersperse and all the useful people, all the inventors and industrialists and whatever it is in Anran's mind as a useful person, they all run off and start a new city. And I think it's actually somewhere in the mountains of Colorado and uh, they start again. And that I, for some reason, well, not for some reason, for a very specific reason that has been replaying in my mind, this like this halt the world idea. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it seemed like a ridiculous concept reading that book. How do you halt the world? But like, the world has literally halted and this is not something I ever really anticipated seeing or actually thought could happen, but it's, it's, it's amazing how quickly everything can stop. You know, a week ago things were pretty much normal and now the world has stopped. It's right. It's no, and, uh, I know, I know there's probably a lot of people watching this and maybe listen to the show cringing that i haven't read that book and i wouldn't blame them but you know my buddy dave kranzler over at investment research research dynamics who co-produces the show with me he's he's said the same thing to me in the last couple weeks uh just the similarities with atlas shrug and what's kind of happening now and then what potentially could be you know i hope it doesn't come to that Um, a lot of people are fearful of martial law uh national guard here in the States, walking the streets, making sure everybody's uh, staying put and not doing anything that's not deemed completely necessary. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife actually just got back from the grocery store. I was able to get some things and she said that, you know, shelves were pretty much empty, uh, but she was able to get basically what she needed, but there's help wanted signs. The grocery stores don't have enough people stocking shelves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, that's a good thing because I think there's going to be a lot of people uh, without jobs, unfortunately, over yeah. the next couple of months at least. You know, um, friends of mine, colleagues of mine, or I guess family of colleagues of mine who work in the film industry, which is very big here in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and it's shut down. They've all been fired. They've all been laid off uh, until further notice. So yeah. I came from the film industry. I know. I understand. So there's two bad parts about this. There's going to be a lot of people that have been laid off and there's not going to be a lot of new good shows on Netflix anytime soon, unfortunately. (laughs) And there's never been a time when we need Netflix more than right now, I think. (laughs) Yeah, but you got to, you know, there's so many streaming services now. Amazon Prime's got good stuff. So, but yeah. 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 I was saying that uh, to my wife actually the other day that I wish I'd bought all the streaming services. I bought stock in all of them uh, <laughs> leading up to this because I think that's something that's going to like really fly. I haven't looked at them at all, but you'd think that uh, – anyways, you think they'd be performing pretty well today. So, so let, me ask you, let me ask you this, Jamie, and I don't want to hijack your show, but I, I've got a question for you because you've been talking to a number of people through this um, dilemma that we have. All right. And what I've found – here's my observation. What I have found is when it comes to strategies right now, um, 
seems like everybody has a little bit different of an approach. I mean, I've known people that are like continue to nibble on the down dip and junior mining stocks and producers. And I also know people that sold everything they had and went strictly to cash and they're waiting for a bottom. And so it's, you know, it's, we, I'm seeing this shift and part of me thinks is that's how scary it is because nobody has a, the best answer. Maybe cash is the best answer. The other part of me is the contrarian in me means like, well, if people are going all in cash and those are supposed to be some of the brightest minds in the sector right now, maybe this is the bottom. I'm leaving that to you to ponder. <laughs> is there, is there a question there? Okay. Yeah, um, I mean, what do you, what do you think? Are you, uh, what do you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I'm doing. Uh, and I guess that's probably my best answer is what I'm okay. doing. Um, I, you know, I'm just doing the math in my head now. I'm probably somewhere between 35 to 45% in cash. Uh, I'm very lucky for a Canadian because I get paid in us dollars. So most of my money is in us dollars, which is, uh, turned out to be a very good thing uh, for Canadians because it's I think it's a dollar forty now dollar forty five. You've got that US premium. Now. Yeah, so I've got almost <laughs> half forty five percent more or not forty five percent. Yeah, I almost have forty five percent more money uh, right off the bat on that. So that's quite nice. Um, I haven't sold much in terms of stock except for what I would say are duds, things that. I'd held for a while. They'd already gone down significantly. Most of them had lost probably, say, two-thirds of their value. And I was kind of holding on to them in the hopes that, like, you know, something good happens. Maybe it'll come back. It didn't even feel worth selling. But this all happened. They all dropped slightly more, which at this point was almost negligible. So I sold them, and then I took that money, and I put it into uh, what I would call safer gold companies. So I put them primarily into streaming and royalty companies. And the reason for that is, and I've probably talked about this a lot over the last couple of days, I like streaming and royalty companies because they are, they are far more resilient to um, disruption risk. So when you have a mine, <clears throat> either an operating or development mine, there are so many costs associated with keeping the wheels on that thing even if it's in care and maintenance right you've got large staffs you've got uh, supply chains you have to maintain and shipments and people flying all over the world and maybe capital costs coming up maybe that you have a lot of debt etc 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 they're expensive operations to run and if these things are not producing you know they that cost adds up very very quickly a streaming or royalty company doesn't have that so Yes, they have, yes, uh, you know, a stream can be cut off. It can go from, you know, producing stream that's paying them X dollars a month or a year to zero, but they don't have the capital costs or the operating costs associated with maintaining those operations. Mm -hmm. I look at a company like Sandstorm, uh, which is big holding for me. I know that team very well. You know, they've probably got, I don't know, half or a dozen people or so working there but they could fire every single person there and keep one accountant on staff and still make just as much money. Yeah. So that's your favorite royalty play right now? That is my personal biggest royalty play. And I've been continued to buy it uh, because, you know, I watched my stock. Sorry, I'm looking at my phone right now just to look at it. You know, it got cut from like, uh, I think it was like 1050 down to as low as like 460 the other day. 
you know, mm-hmm. cut in half and nothing changed. You know, gold, you know, they were making money at like thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars gold, probably less than that. And they're definitely making a lot of money at $1,500 gold. They've got new royalties that are going to be coming online soon. They've got little to no debt. Uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know the numbers on that. They used to have no debt. They might have taken out a line of credit, so don't quote me on that one. But the, the point is, they're a cash flowing company with next to no overheads. And their share price got cut in half. So I look at that and I think, this is an artificial cut. It's, it's based purely on sentiment. And in this case, I think it's probably based on a lot of forced selling or margin calls. And, you know, like, this is speculation, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But, like, I don't see, based on what I imagine is coming down the pipeline, that that is not a $15 stock in the next year. Sure. We'll see if I'm right. But, like, that's, in my mind, as sure a thing as you're going to ever get in the mining industry. So that's what I did. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, but I, you know what? I'm still holding at least a third, probably more like 40% of my total net worth in cash, mostly American. And I'm waiting. Um, I'm waiting. Uh, and I think I'm willing to miss the bottom and catch the upswing, personally, as opposed to try to get in now and you know see things cut in half one more time i don't expect that to happen but like fuck man i don't know maybe we don't know we don't know we don't know what's going to happen it's all it's all back up if it stabilizes it might go back up and then sperm back down again um I do think that the economies are going to be hurting. The market may flatten out and even rebound, but the economies, I mean, we're going to hurt. The last two weeks have probably put us uh, back two years, unfortunately. Uh, and the amount of people out of work and trying to rebuild, businesses closing. Um, it's going to be a pretty interesting time. But I, you know, and I, think that's, I, and I think that's an opportunity for things like, you know, for people like you and I, Jamie, because... Um, we're more educators than anything, right? Like we try to be. We try. To, we, you know, we're very proud about we're in this industry and relatively young and forward thinking and want to find new ways of reaching the value of junior mining and exploration and resource speculation and investing. Um, all we want to do is get more people excited about it like we are. And so I think not only do we have an incredible opportunity right now, but we also have to work three times as hard to make it happen because when people are down in the dumps, like I think we have an opportunity to say, you know, here's, here's the writing on the wall. This is what we've been pounding the table about and it's all coming into fruition. It's not a guarantee, but given the past experience we saw 10 years ago, just show them a chart of what gold and silver and mine, you could really be able to change lives. And that's what it's all about. It's all, it should be all about the people, you know, bringing more people now, into this industry. We are, uh, you know, Trevor, we're in a time of really like extreme chaos right now. Uh, and people, I think, are just trying to grab onto anything in any form of stability. And that makes sense. And, and I think that's why people are selling everything. You know, they're trying to get cash. They're trying to have some form of safety. But when the dust settles, you know, that money has to find a new home. 
you know, money's not going to sit in cash indefinitely. There are a lot of big funds and money managers in the world who are paid to invest in things. And I would be shocked. Uh, you know, there, we have never, I don't know if we've ever in our life seen a better setup for gold and commodities. You know, I knew this was coming uh, before coronavirus, uh, but I think this has both accelerated and magnified the quantity uh, of capital that is going to flow into this space. And it's first, it's going to be gold because gold is, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum uh, in the last several podcasts. No doubt you've been chatting about this with people too, but gold is going to go fucking bananas. And whether, you know, I think we'll break 2000 gold. I don't like to call gold price, but I think we probably will. And you know what? If there was ever a time when all those crazy gold bugs who've been saying gold's going to go to five, ten thousand $10,000, whatever, are right, this is that time. So I think that's, this is going to test that thesis very well because if gold doesn't skyrocket today, uh, or not today, but over the coming months, it's, <laughs> it's never going to. So we are in the best setup uh, probably of my career uh, and maybe anyone's. Secondly, well, you've been if you've been preaching something for 30 years, it's bound to come true sometime. <laughs> yeah, but that's only stage one, right? Because stage two, there are, is going to be so much money printed. There's going to be so many stimulus packages, China, the United States, Europe, Canada, whatever. And it's going to be going into infrastructure. You know, that's, that's how you get the economy going. You build buildings and roads and bridges and you just you start spending money and that's where China is going to go I suspect that's where the U.S. goes and that means base metals that means copper that means iron ore that means nickel that means you know I think it's going to follow on and I, you know I don't know if it's six months away I don't know if it's two years away but it's coming and I think we're going to get set up for a really really awesome base metal market as well it's uh it's funny you you mentioned that because I actually spoke with Sam about, about copper today. Have you watched the copper chart this week? Got decimated. It, yeah. it was at two dollars fifty cents, broke through, and is now traded at I think today. I mean, I think yesterday it was trading at two dollars nine cents. Yeah, like it's just crazy. But listen to this, Jamie. <clears throat> Peru, one of the massive producers of copper not only is fighting the same catastrophe with corona and COVID we're doing, they're shutting down mine, either halting or significantly lowering production, refining. And so after talking to Sam and listening to him, you know, really kind of walk me through this on the podcast today, I have, I mean, I was bullish copper before, but like I about shot out of my seat. And so I'm going to start looking at really good, um, you know, maybe some copper exploration projects that are, you know, it can be found. And uh, I mean, that can be, take that supply demand chart that you see, you know, the 10 year chart where it starts to diverge in 2023 or 2022. I mean, you take that, it might turn into steroids. That down dip in supply could happen sooner rather than later. Um, it's yeah, fascinating. Man. Freeport and Solaris <laughs> Copper. That's what, I, what I'm thinking about. I don't know if you follow Solaris. This is one of my personal biggest holdings. Unfortunately, uh, I, you know, I, I ended up investing that before we even started Resource Insider. I've had it for years. Yeah. But 
you know, it's a, a brilliant exploration copper, copper exploration play rather in Ecuador. Richard Wark is the chairman, friend of mine named Dan Earl. He used to be a very well-known TD analyst, is the CEO. This was discovered by David Lowell 20 years ago, and it's finally coming to fruition. I think, you know, it, it has the potential to be a world-class copper asset at very much the right time. Well, well, you mentioned royalty companies before. One of my biggest holdings, and I'll preface by saying I, I, I do do work for the company. I'm a consultant for them, and I also have options with them. But EMX Royalty Corp has a massive copper royalty on a number of projects, including the Timok Magmatic Complex in, in uh, Serbia. Uh, and they also have a nice royalty deposit that's being developed right now by um, South 32. Uh, so there's an interesting play. And obviously, lots of gold royalties. Their Leeville Gold Royalty Nevada uh, basically pays the bills. Their market cap is $115 million right now. I think last I saw, $75 million of that's in cash. So wow. that's a pretty interesting royalty play. So... Trevor, you know, before we go, is there anything else that, you know, I don't know who's interviewing who here, but I'm going to ask you a question this time. But is okay. there is there anything else that, um, you know, you think listeners should know about what you've been learning over the last week? I know you've obviously talked to a lot of people too. Anything you want to leave us with or anything you think I should know? Um, you know, I think this is a great opportunity if you are speculating or investing, uh, however approach you want to take in this. It's a great opportunity for self-reflection of what your risk tolerance is right now. Um, like you and I were talking, Jamie, we don't know if this is the bottom. It very well could be, very well could not be, and we could see more downside. Um, but it's a great five days, and trust me, like I've made mistakes in the last five days, and if I could go back, and may and change those I would in a heartbeat, but you can't, right? So hindsight's always twenty twenty. But I do believe the thesis on why precious metals, and especially gold right now, is holding true. Uh, silver's got some. It's got a hole to climb out of, uh, especially with this divergence between the physical and the um, paper markets that's happening right now, which is rather. Um, uh, makes me kind of cringe a little bit. Um, uh, but uh, the miners, I think it's a great time to accumulate uh, majors, some majors, mid-tiers. If, if there's a low-cost operating producers, it's time to accumulate. Uh, juniors will have its day, and I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, but always, always, always be in the position and have the ability to buy. I guess I'll leave you with that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, we say this a lot. We talk about this a lot to our members, you know, don't, don't invest in any mining company, something you can't afford to lose. Uh, and I think that is particularly true now, uh, even though I'm pretty bullish over what happens over the next six months, there could be a lot of pain in between now and then. And I would caution anyone to, Keep that in mind when you're uh, when you're spending money. You know, don't put the don't put the kids' college tuition into a uh, into a junior gold stock by any means. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> if I have learned anything, it's really difficult to work full time and also have your children at home. 
of the same. Yeah, that's a I can that's imagine. a lifelong lesson. <laughs> All right, Trevor. Any Bye-bye. questions for me before we take off? I'm not sure if we're on your podcast or mine, but uh, it's called collaboration. This is what yeah. collaboration looks like. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, man, you're doing an, you're doing an awesome job. I hope you uh, nothing goes wrong. And uh, can you you can't go outside at all? I mean, I don't know. Technically, no. Sometimes I I get a walk around the block and at nighttime when I know no one's around. But during the days on the street, I I keep pretty much locked away. I mean, with that CrossFit up, it looks like you just hammered out 50 pull-ups or something like that. <laughs> my like wardrobe has been disintegrating over the week. I think by <laughs> the, the next week, my podcasts are going to be done purely in a bathrobe. So if, 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 stay if tuned, the, everyone. If you get out of this quarantine and you're not like 160 pounds with only 10% body fat, then like, you know, if you're all jacked and stuff, you didn't work hard enough. I think I think you should prepare to be disappointed on that one, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. All right. All right. You as well, Trevor. And thank you very much for taking the time. And for everyone listening, check out Mining Stock Daily. Definitely the second best podcast in the mining space, but a very close second, I must say. All right. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Thank you.